Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. That is how the Gospel of Luke introduces a series of parables of Jesus that all have to do with things that are lost and found. They are odd little stories, but they have since become so famous and well-known that they probably don't seem quite as odd to us as they would have to the people who first heard them. That makes me think that perhaps we need to do something so that we can hear them in a fresh way. This is Retelling the Bible. Episode 3.12 Hello? 911 emergency? Yes. I need assistance right away. No, there's nothing happening right here. It's my neighbor. He has all kinds of people over at his house. They are noisy. They are dancing and singing and having a great time. It's just not right. No, I know it's not too late and the noise isn't really disturbing anyone. It's not that. No, it's not that I wasn't invited either. In fact, my neighbor came over and practically begged me to come to the party. It was so embarrassing. I lost my little lamb, he said. It wandered far over hill and dale and made some pretty bad decisions, hanging out with wolves and lions and the like. It was a very foolish little lamb, and it made me worry no end. I had to abandon the whole rest of the flock, just leave it out there in the wilderness and search high and low, but I finally found it. I brought it home and now it's safe, so I'm getting together with a few of my friends and neighbors and we're going to celebrate. I mean, I'm so happy I have my lamb back, so will you come and join me in our revelries? Yes, that's right. He wanted me to join in a celebration of what, as far as I'm concerned, is a wayward black sheep. Oh, I've heard the rumors about that lamb. They say that it got hooked on Oxycontin and ended up shooting up in alleyways. There's also rumors that it got involved in some strange sex cult and did unspeakable things. In fact, the more my friends and I talk about it on Facebook, the more stories I hear about the terrible things that it did. And it's just not right. Back in my day, we didn't celebrate the wandering sheep. We didn't throw parties for sheep that went off and got involved in bad things, who got hooked on drugs and video games and easy sex. We discouraged that kind of thing. We made sure that we never let anybody forget how guilty they were for what they did wrong. 
We reminded them that they should be ashamed, and yet here they are celebrating bad behavior. Has that lamb shown any evidence that it recognizes what it did wrong, or that it can see the pain that it put other people through? Does it recognize how much it has cost the public security system that I help pay for? Worst of all, have we any reason whatsoever to expect that now it's been returned home safe and sound, it won't go off wandering once again tomorrow or maybe the next day? With all this understood, my foolish neighbor and his stupid friends are hooping it up and having a grand old time celebrating that returned lamb. What do I want you to do? I want you to send the police over here and straighten them all out. I want the cops to scare that lamb straight. Maybe throw him in prison for a couple of nights so that he can see where his foolish behavior might land him in the long run. But however they manage that, I want them to shut down that very inappropriate party and make sure that people think very soberly and critically about what they have done wrong. What do you mean you don't do that kind of thing? I don't care if nobody is technically breaking the law. I pay your salary and somebody needs to fix this for me. Yes, I will state the nature of my emergency. The nature of my emergency is that the last time I called, nobody came. Why, yes, I'm flattered that you remember me. I am the person who called about the sheep party yesterday, and you were honestly no help whatsoever. But I've decided to give you a chance to redeem yourself today. No, I'm not calling about my neighbor with the sheep. His house is all quiet. I guess that maybe the wandering sheep did learn a lesson. No, it's the neighbor on the other side who's causing all the trouble today. Why, yes, it is a party. And it's even noisier than and more rambunctious than what was going on yesterday. What are they celebrating? Well, you're not going to believe this one. It's about a coin. Yes, you heard me right, a coin. I know, right? Who throws a party over a coin? But that's the craziness that's going on in my neighborhood tonight, and I blame you guys. Maybe if there'd been a reasonable response to the sheep party yesterday, somebody would have thought twice about throwing a party over something as frivolous as a coin. Okay, since you don't really seem to have anything to do, which is actually a bit surprising, I'll tell you the whole story. My neighbor on the other side, you see, is very poor. She is so poor that in an entire year of working hard and scrimping and saving, she was only able to put aside ten coins. That's it. Only ten. Now, I don't mean to look down on people who have to work for a living, but come on. If you're that poor, there's got to be something wrong with you. 
You must be making some bad choices and have bad priorities. Let me tell you some of the rumors that are going around about her. I've heard that she has spent her welfare money buying lobster and filet mignon. And what's worse, she smokes. Now, do you know how much it costs for cigarettes these days? Just think of how much money she would save if she quit. Now, I know what she tells me. She says that she's working three different jobs because no one will hire her full-time and two of them pay her under the table so they don't even have to meet minimum wage. She claims that she's so exhausted after working at her first two jobs and heading for her third that the only thing that gives her the energy to get through it is a quick hit of nicotine. Now, to me, that sounds like a serious lack of character. She should have gotten her priorities straight long before this. That's why I figure it must be her own fault that she's so poor. So anyway, like I said, she managed to do something responsible by saving up ten whole coins. But then she just showed how irresponsible she was by losing one of them. (laughs) Just goes to show you that poor is as poor does. So, she panics cleans out her whole house, and finally finds the lost coin. Now, if she had any shame, which apparently she does not, she would just be ashamed of having lost the coin in the first place. If she had any dignity, she would just be quiet about it. She would be quietly thankful to find her lost money and do what I'd do, pretend like nothing ever happened. But does she do that? No! She's got to call attention to her foolishness by inviting everybody over for a great, big, rowdy celebration. And let me ask you, how is she affording this party? How can somebody whose whole life is working at miserable jobs and scrimping and saving and going without just to save up ten measly little coins possibly justify spending anything to celebrate the one good thing that happened in her life this whole year. So this time, you guys are going to do something about this. She is benefiting from social services and the low income tax credit, not to mention health care and other universal services. And so as a taxpayer, I have every right to tell her what she should be spending her money on and what she shouldn't. You need to send some people over here right now and shut down that party. But, yes, but, I I suppose, but don't you think that, hello, hello. What are those two parables of Jesus really about? I know that it says in the gospel that they're all about the excitement and celebration that there is in heaven over one sinner who repents, and yes, they are about that. But when you really listen to the stories, that's not exactly what they put the emphasis on. Both stories end with celebration, but the celebration is odd and somewhat unexpected. The celebration 
in many ways is outrageous. Why would you celebrate one wayward sheep who was found and brought back to the fold? Why celebrate the finding of one lost coin? Jesus said he told his parables as a way of illustrating what the kingdom of God was like. And the bottom line in these stories seems to be that the kingdom of God is all about what seem to be inappropriate celebrations that happen in this world, not in some other world. The kingdom of God is about celebrating things that this world finds scandalous. In particular, it's about celebrating people that others may feel are somehow shameful or guilty or otherwise unacceptable in some way. How should we take that and apply it to modern life? Think of it this way. Who doesn't like a good celebration? But who do we want to celebrate? Usually it is the people who are like us, who conform to our idea of success If people don't fit that idea, we would rather wait for them to change and become just like us before we even think of celebrating them, something that in many cases will not happen and maybe should not happen. The celebrations that Jesus describes in these parables are scandalous celebrations, the kind that people would have objected to. Jesus speaks of the kingdom of God as something that is, in our eyes, a premature or scandalous celebration, where we celebrate people for who they already are, for who God created them to be. And you know what? That kind of celebration is going to upset some people. Some people are going to say, you shouldn't be celebrating them as they are. You should be telling people to change that about themselves. But there is power, real power to change things in celebrating people just for who they are. That is it for this episode of Retelling the Bible. Please come back for a new episode at the end of this month. An episode that will be called, Ay, 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 ay. Any guesses on what that might be about? Please tell other people about this podcast and rate and review this episode on iTunes or some other platform to help other people find it. The theme music for the podcast is Ah Da, and the mood music for this episode is Your Call. The music is by Kevin McLeod, is licensed under the Creative Commons, and you will find links to it in the show notes. Send your requests, comments, and questions to at Retelling Bible on Twitter or to our Facebook page, Retelling the Bible. Show notes and commentary for this episode have been posted at retellingthebible.wordpress.com. This is Retelling the Bible, and I have been your storyteller, W. Scott McCandless.